Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I've been, oh, I'm, I'm over, oh, watch, how shall I start? I wrote a whole beautiful sermon. I've got, well, that's a sign. Um, <laughs> But when I came in this morning, there was a new sense of the presence of God. And I, my prayer, our prayer over the years has been that whenever there was a, a fresh touch of the presence of God, that we'd abandon what we were going to do and give our lives to what God is doing in the now. So it's no surprise that a book just fell off because I brought all of this before the, the Lord. You, friends, you know me, you know I'll always say, I'll do what God's asked of me. And that means I literally will, <laughs> even though it can scare me a little, <laughs> even though I love order and I love my post-it notes, fellow post-it friends, or I love to have things so carefully done. But hey, I'll go where God's leading right now. And I'd even bought some props, guys, but I don't think it's the time for that. I think what God is doing around the earth, what God is doing in the next generation, what God is doing in um, Asbury, what God is doing in so many places across the world, what he's doing is calling us closer to him. What God did this morning in worship, starting with Gary's word, that we'd encounter. The pleasure of the Lord is over us. And I just had such a sense. I had to bow down in his presence. I had such a sense that the inescapable purposes of God, you cannot run from them. I don't know who this is a word for, but I think it's more than one person. Friend, are you running from the purpose of God? And it's in the laying down. You can't escape him anymore. He's here. I know I'm telling you what to do, but would you just hold open your hands and just say, God, whatever I've been running from, (laughs) I'm here. The things where you've thought, oh, do I really have to do that, God? It would be easier if I, and you give him your best plan. (laughs) God, we're here. We're not running anymore. Our lives laid down. We sung that this morning. We can't escape your plan for us, so we step. We wait for what you're going to lead us into. And we choose obedience. Amen. Well, here we are. (laughs) I saw when Hannah said, it's time for me to transition into. And I see when all the preachers, my very favorite ones, have got up on the stage. And there's that holy moment. And then there's the, and now we'll go into this. But I don't feel like I'm ready. I feel like what God is doing is... Well, he forewarned us. He he told us. He said that there was going to be a move of what God, the Holy Spirit, is doing in our day. Friends, if you've been in any of our prayer meetings, any Sunday morning, any Zoom prayer, anything, uh, over many, many years, I can say, there's always been this sense that God is about to do a new thing. And sometimes there's not been a new thing, yet we've not not lost hope. We've kept on pursuing the hope that 
God will do what he has promised. And so as I bring you the message on being transformed by the presence of Jesus, I had such a a curiosity in my heart about this phrase, I want to be present. And so many times I've heard people say, I really want to be present, or I want to live in the moment. And it's in the, there's nothing wrong with this. Don't If you're saying it, that's fine. I just had a curiosity and I wanted to search it out. And, and I began to ask God, like, what is it about being present? Why is it that it's in our vocabulary now when it probably wasn't 10 years ago? It may not have been five years ago. What is this drive for presence? And I looked into the scripture And I found in Genesis that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of the earth. And I found and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be present with us. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to be present with us. The Father in heaven, our creator, he wants to be present with us. And we can find that every single page through the whole of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, there is a loving God, a God who so desires a relationship with you, to be present with you, so that you can truly experience the presence of Jesus. When we think about the presence of God, we can find all kinds of examples but I just want you now in your mind even I can hear a song well there we are (laughs) I can't hear it anymore (laughs) Um, I want you in your mind's eye or in your imagination if you can go there I want you to go to a time when you encountered the presence of God friend if you're worried that you've not had an encounter yet there's one waiting for you today I want you to remember the last time you encountered the living God and he was present with you. Maybe it was this morning over your cup of coffee or tea when you open the pages of your Bible or you press play on the audio Bible. Maybe it was in the moment, that moment where you experienced the presence of God. Why am I making you do this? Well, because when we remember the presence of Jesus, he comes again. And so was I've experienced the presence of God, even in worship this morning, where I stood, I knelt, I looked round at your faces. Guys, that is the best thing about sitting on the front row. Like, the, the worst thing is I can't see you, but the best thing is I can turn around and I can. Um, and so I can see the joy in your face. I can see the Lord doing a new thing. I can see in that beautiful song, Jesus Um, I'm not great at remembering words, but um, that nice new one with the guitar in, that one. When we sang that one, there was such a surrender (laughs) moment happening across this room. That was the last time I felt his presence. How many months ago? How many years ago? Is there a longing in your heart to experience the presence of God again? And so when I think about some mountaintop encounters with the Lord. And I'll say that because they were significant points. If I was to do a timeline of my life, there would be marked occasions when I have experienced the presence of God. But you know what I'm sensing in these days? That it's not, we're not to go too long between the encounter times with the Lord. 
I haven't asked permission and I hope they're okay with this, but I have a friend who had an experience with God some months ago and they said that a personal renewal was happening in their life. And friend, I'm not going to share anymore, it's okay. But what I noticed about that person is that their life from the inside out was changed. And you know, I was changed by being in their presence. I was encouraged by being in their presence. I felt better about me, about them, about their outlook, about my outlook. I felt challenged, but in a good way. If you know me, you know challenge is my least favorite thing to do. Uh, but there's that area where, that aspect of when somebody's life has been marked by the presence of God, whether they call it a renewal, whether they call it a revival, whether they even know something has happened, you come away from their presence made better. I want to inspire you, church, to be a people of his presence. Our church is presence-centered, people-focused, community-oriented. They're the three aspects of the vision of Revival Fires. And so when we say we're a presence-centered church, that means we spend time in his presence. Our leaders' meetings are marked by prayer. Our um, times together are marked by the presence of God. And yet, if you're saying, what do you mean by presence? Then today is a day for you to encounter him. I've told you already that God wants to be present with you and that he wants you to invite his presence into your life. There's a scripture that I'm going to read to you and uh, there's, there's some things I want to draw out. And I believe that today is a day where we can be transformed by his presence. There's a song and I'll read Oh, I don't know. Can you read songs? Is that like a poem? Can I do that? Because I'm better at reading than singing. Um, there's a song I'm going to read to you as well. And it's actually a song we sang this morning. You know, one of the, the joys of us leading together. Is, well, I'm not allowed to put in all my song requests. Some of the worship team were teasing me at worship school, They were, which we had a couple of weeks ago. It was an amazing day. And there's a few more Zooms, seeing hearts on fire to worship the Lord and just seeing what God is going to do with um, a generation of radical worshippers. That's exciting. So, uh, oh yeah, the worship team, they asked of me, they're like, why are you here, Anna? I was like, oh, I love worshipping. And they're like, yeah, we know that, but why are you here? Um, what instrument do you play? What do you? I'm like, oh no, no, I'm just like, I'm just loving the worship. I'm just here, like, if it was always me, we'd only be singing. Oh, there, there's some songs, but they're... <laughs> Do you know, I have to tell you this, I haven't got my phone on, on me. Um, this morning, I was just preparing to come to church, and I picked up my phone, and I was about to put uh, my song on, or a song that I worship to on in the morning, and um, I picked up my phone, I went to Apple Music, and it said, usually played at this time of day, and it was, um, I'm going to wait on you, it's an elevation song, and I thought, my phone knows, this is what I do at this time of the day. And so as we go through this morning, I just want to encourage you in your routine in the Lord. Now, don't, don't get me wrong as a person. If you know me, and some of you really do, and some of you have not yet got to know me, I'm not really a woman of routine. Things happen, 
but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's ordered. But there are certain things, and I think it was my husband laughing the most right there, my routine, right? Things happen because we plan them. So when I'm talking about the presence of God, it's not like I get till 11 o'clock at night and think, ah, I've not had any time in the presence. No, it will be the things that you um, cultivate in your life. The road that you walk over and over, the way you structure your days so that you can experience the tangible presence of the Lord. So let me jump in here at John 8. There's a couple of stories I'll be reading from here. And it's a fresh take on John 8. So if you're thinking, oh, I've heard this one. Wow. Jesus is is here in John 8. Something has happened. Some people are trying to catch Jesus out. The scribes and the Pharisees have brought a woman who'd been caught in adultery and put her in the midst of the presence of Jesus. And they said, teacher, Jesus, this woman's been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? You know, those Pharisees and those scribes, they really knew what they wanted Jesus to say. But I want to invite you to focus on Jesus, not on what somebody else has told you about him, not on your own expectations of what the Lord should do or ought to do if he was us. Yikes, that's something. But what I want you to do is to join me as we look next in this story, as we encounter how Jesus speaks And friend, if you're thinking I'm going to pull out sin, well, we're all living in sin. We're not angels. We're not in heaven. So yeah, there are elements where we can come back to the Lord and experience his presence as he forgives us for our sin. So stick with me. Let's see what Jesus says. Verse 5. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. They continued to ask him. Jesus stood up and said, Let him who's without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. There's three really small acts that Jesus does here. He bends down. He gets to her level. He kneels, he bends towards you. The Lord is turning towards you. And then he writes. What is it he's writing? Could be that he's writing their sins. Could be that he's writing and writing and writing. And one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they walk away. No one wants to see their sin written down in sand or on paper or on the letters we play in our minds. 
So Jesus first bends down, and then he writes, and then he speaks. And that is a picture of Jesus when he speaks to us. Let no condemnation keep replaying in your mind and in your heart. For whom their son sets free is free indeed. I'm going to read you some more of that scripture in a second. But here we meet Jesus, loving and kind, and calling us to a, a higher place of purity in the Lord. Not that we can live in condemnation, not that we need to live in the sins of the past, the sins of our fathers, but what actually we have because of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's talking here before his death and his resurrection, but today we're the other side of his resurrection where the cross of Jesus speaks. We sang just now that we want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. What is it that you are writing in the sand of your life that Jesus needs to bend down and he needs to speak to you? Go and sin no more and don't be condemned. Friend, for us to experience the even greater measure of the presence of the Lord, we need to know the Lord Jesus bending down towards us. The position of the Lord is towards you, 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 everyone in this room and those watching online too. He is turning towards you. And so we get the opportunity to focus on Jesus I know I can joke about routine, and those of you who know me know I get places on time, bang on time. I don't like to be too early, and I don't like to be late. But there is an element of the routine we have within our life. And within routine, it means we have to keep our attention. You know, a lot was happening in that story. But what speaks to me is that she knew who the Lord Jesus was. The scribes wanted to test him. And haven't we all been tested? There is so much going on that fights for our attention, minute in, minute out. We're a people who have got so, so much information at our fingertips. And I don't yet know if that's going to be good for us or bad for us. But I guess we'll get to see in 50, 100 years' time, or they'll write about us as the generation who held on to rectangles in their pockets or something. I don't know. Do you know, the human brain's incredible. The amount of information we can hold is the equivalent to 300 years of TV series, Netflix series. <laughs> That's a useful fact. You're welcome. <laughs> so that means that we've got so much possibility and potential. If only we could focus our attention on the things that are worth focusing on. Are we looking at the letters and the sins and the shame that we're holding on to? And you'll know my messages always come around to this. Are we holding on to the offences of the past? Or are we allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to truly make his home in us and to change us from the inside out? As we focus on things that are stealing our attention, what could that be for you? 
I could list probably a hundred things for me. These things that come in and mean that we can't complete a thought. Some things that take my attention, well, they're fine. My children wanting a drink, that's fine. People who need me on my phone, I've just discovered the moon. You can press do not disturb on your phone. And so like, sorry if no one's getting through to me, but <laughs> it means that there's moments in our day where we can have undisturbed time for ourselves, maybe, but for our communion with the Lord. So we can set our focus on Jesus. So maybe there's things that have stolen your focus. You know, I love my brain facts. Well, five years ago, we, the humanity used to have an attention span of 20 minutes. That was a good amount of time to focus on a single thought, a task, a process. Guys, in just five years, it shrunk down to 12 minutes. What's changing us? But that means that with all the power, strength, sound mind, having a mind of Christ, we can be ones who focus on the presence of the Lord. What could God do with a congregation of people who are focused on the presence of the Lord, who have been transformed by his presence and have focused on him? Instead of focusing on the wrong things, oh, don't, me- don't let this message be like heavy on you. But sometimes we get so focused on our rightness and being so right that we forget about the righteousness of God. Sometimes we can be found by Jesus, but it's almost as though we're being caught in the act of something or other. Oh, I'm just going to scroll a bit longer. I'm just going to, I don't know. Um, one of our children's got their, uh, some uh, exam coming up and uh, I thought they were revising and they were on Candy Crush. And I was like, this is the future. <laughs> I was like, this gets you a level nine. Go, go, go. And we had a good laugh about it. But I just wonder if there's a generation of people about to sit exams who are just going to ace it in Candy Crush when actually they're going to need to know some surface areas of square-based triangles. I don't know. I don't know. And so, don't ask me how to do that though, because we were both in tears. Um, anyway, anyway, leave that there. Um, so, how do we focus? How do we focus on Jesus? Well, read the word. Oh, but Anna, don't you know how busy my life is? No, I'm sorry, I don't. And I can imagine it's really busy. Could you just take five minutes? Could you just take 10 minutes? And sometimes when you get in like the one and two Samuels or the one and two Kings or the one and two Chronicles and the pages are turning and you really want to find out what happened to the king that you can't say the name of, you just end up being there a little bit longer. Oh, but you know, I don't work for the ministry. I know all the best excuses. I've been really good with excuses. But then one day I was asking the Lord, how am I going to get a passion for the word? How am I ever going to get obedient? And this is when I had three tiny children and we had them really close together, which we thought was really wise. It was busy. We were busy. (laughs) And one day, I think I'd got... Uh, I think Sandy was looking after some of my children. I was upstairs in one of the offices. 
And I moved a bookshelf and a Bible fell open on my foot. And I said to the Lord, is this the moment? That's why I, I guess it's a little joke when a book falls down. I'm like, what page has it landed on? I don't throw books. It just happens now and then. So it landed open and it was a scripture in Peter and it said, read the word. I can give you that for free. That can be something that inspires you to read the word. You don't need a bookcase to fall apart and be stuck underneath it thinking, what's happening? I read through that scripture and it said, be ready in and out of season. Friend, you might be in a season or you might be out of a season. We're nearly in spring. Well, I was hoping for more of it today, hence the pinks. Uh, We're nearly in spring. That's really clear, isn't it? Well, English weather, not so clear. Uh, But we know seasons. We know times and seasons. And I want to urge you to read your word. Start where? Start with John. You know, I'm in this uh, beautiful way of reading where I'm, I'm reading Jesus meets individuals. Well, I got sidetracked by that, didn't I, Ryan? I'm now on Jesus Speaks, because not only does he meet individuals, but Jesus speaks. And if we say the words of Jesus, Jesus, who sat at the right hand of the Father, who is interceding for us on his behalf, our behalf, we can pray some very, very powerful prayers. We can remove condemnation in the name of Jesus. We can, what's that song? We can see every dark addiction start to break. Well, where's that? Luke 4, Isaiah 61. Captives are free in the name of Jesus. How about this? We sang it today. We break every stronghold and he can shine like, shine through the shadows. What stronghold has been stopping you from stepping in? to the presence of Jesus. So often it's us. So often it's a memory of when God didn't come through for us or we didn't come through for for God. So often it can be a hurt and a resentment and it can be some time when we've opened a door and there's been a wounding that's happened in our life. Not a physical door, but a door of our heart. And it's a door where shame can land and reside and fear can reside and guilt can reside, which changes the way we respond to God and to other people. So what I notice so much in that story in John 8 is Jesus bends down and he comes toward. Friend, let nobody tell you he's ever against you. Nothing and no one, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing higher, nothing lower, nothing. You know this, Romans 8, 37 and 38. Nothing can separate you, not even your own thoughts, not even your own sin. God is focused on you. And so we can focus on him and he will come. So we can be found by Jesus. How do we do that? I've got a book uh, by Brother Lawrence, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. It's a tiny little book. It's probably only got 20 or 30 pages. And there are some lovely stories written on the behalf of Brother Lawrence. And one of the prayers that I love to read and I love to pray is, Here I am, wholly available to you, Lord. 
in making ourselves available. We change the distraction, we change the tone, we change all of our knowing or not knowing, we change from being focused on our own choices to find and search out Jesus. I know theologically he's searching for us, but we have a choice to turn towards him. No one can take that choice away from you. You are a powerful person who loves the Danny Silk stuff and we've been training our kids. You have a choice. You're a powerful person. Until they get like a really good will of their own and they tell us, I'm a powerful person. I love that too. (laughs) I'm the boss of my life. I know, guys. I know. I taught you that saying. But anyway, we'll go with it now. We have the opportunity to turn from our mistakes. How? Because of the hand of Jesus as he comes towards us. You know, we get to... God gets to do so much in our lives, in all these days that we have, in all these hours that we have. And I just really want to encourage you that, that God is turned towards you. And earlier when Gary spoke about the pleasure of the Lord over your life, I just wondered if there was ones and twos of you who were thinking, oh, but is he really pleased with me? And I want to speak to you The Lord takes great delight in you. In Zephaniah, I think it's 3.17, talks about the Lord who is swirling and spinning and dancing around you. He takes great joy in you. I was asking uh, God for a sign. I don't often do this, so stick with me. And uh, I was asking God, like, if he wanted to increase more joy in my life and What a weird question, now I've said that. But anyway, the answer would be yes. So I was like, Lord, how do I get more joy? How do I grow in joy? How, how? I don't know what kind of question you ask the Lord. I was always taught when we journal, we can start it with a question. We can put a question there to the Lord or we can listen. And so we were walking down a a street the other day. Uh, We just had a couple of days in France as a family. And we were just walking down this street and I stopped. And there was a picture of... Oh, I only know the French word. It's like hydrangeas. So there were hydrangeas. And underneath it, it said, Joy Maru. And I looked up that. It's a surname. It's a rare surname. And then I thought, I think that says more joy in my translation. So I was seeing an open door with more joy. I don't know what sign you're looking for, but can I give you that? Can I say that the Lord wants to increase the joy of his presence in your life? And so you focused on him. You've been found by him. And you get to speak the words of Jesus. Friend, maybe you're not ready yet to speak the words of Jesus. You need Jesus to speak to you. Every single time that Jesus encounters somebody in the New Testament, you will, if you read these words, some Bibles have conveniently done it in red or blue colors. Mine hasn't got that, so I have to seek them out, and I do. 
you will, if you read these words of Jesus, within context, of course, we won't like dip out and cut bits of the Bible out. When you read these words over your life, I believe that there is a promise of his presence waiting for us. And it's his kindness that is speaking to us. There's such a rest in his presence. You know, when we're striving, when we're seeking, when we're looking, when we're trying to do it in our strength, you know when it feels just off? You know when it feels like, ah, this is harder than it should be? And yes, church, I know that you do hard things. I know that you have battles, personal, health-wise, financial, that you stand in faith for day in, day out. And I'm so proud of every single one of you and the choices that you continue to make, even when you haven't seen the fullness of your healing, even when there's been crushing disappointments and delays. And so I just want to encourage you over and over that there is a place in the Lord that's a place of rest. In English, we see that as lazy. But to God, it's a place of shalom. Full, internal, external, shalom peace in the Lord. And that's holistic, body, soul, and spirit. It's not just my body's resting so I can chill out on my, whatever you're chilling out on. It's not just an inner, inner peace, but it's the whole of us knowing the rest of God. And it's from that place being found in him that then we can do all that God is asking of us. When we look at um, when we look at what God is doing in the world at the moment, I have such a sense that it's, it's getting us ready for a wave of God. James, you shared a word just uh, this morning and you said to me, and I, I sense that what God is doing is he's birthed, what's the word for a wave? In the river, and that there's a wave coming that is coming, uh, what's the word for wave? Crescent? It's coming over all of us. It's breaking over each of us. Now, yeah, that could be all of us in the same wave, but it could also be the wave of God's presence over and over and over again. I've not been to the ocean for a while, but you know when I know some of our friends have been over there, uh, and when it comes and it breaks, and there's, there's options, isn't there? You can stand on the sand and you can have a good look. If you can ever get to one of those beaches that's a two-mile walk to the ocean, <laughs> I think it might have just been us that find that beach. <laughs> Or you can get right up close and you can lose yourself in the waves, can't you? And I know there's some wild water swimmers here too. So whichever stage you're at, whether you're looking so far out that you don't know where the presence of God is, take another step. Let him come to your heart again. And then... Let's look at the face of Jesus. And I am going to use a story about Moses. It's the face of the presence of the Lord here. And in Exodus 33, we see a man up close and personal with the Lord. Friends, this is your invitation to the presence. It says here in 30, uh, 
Exodus 33, verse 11, this that the Lord said, sorry, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. How close are we to a friend? Well, we're not, we're too, like, I know we're all friends, but we're too far away for a conversation. The person next to you is in the friend's space. Yeah? That's close. That's the closeness of the Lord Jesus and how close he wants to be to you so that you can hear his voice. Then in verse 12, it says, And Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring me to this people, but you've not let me know who you'll send with me. You've also said, I know you by name, and you've found favor in my sight. Now show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Even as I've read this, I've experienced the, the quiet hush of the presence of the Lord coming in. I want to encourage you to refocus your ears. Retune the distractions so that you can encounter the presence of the Lord. I want to encourage you like Moses did to ask these questions. Some of you say to me, Anna, how do I pray? You say to your life group leaders and they say to us, and I just wanted to read this as a prayer that I would pray. I'm sorry if it feels really basic, but this is what I was taught to do when I was a lot younger and I've stuck with it. And so let me just read you how I would pray uh, Exodus 33. And I would pray this, Lord, I know you by name. Would you let me find favor in your sight? Lord, would you teach me your ways? Would you let me know you so that I could find favor in your sight? And then I would say, Lord Jesus, this is where God's talking. And I would say, God, would you let your presence go with me? Would you give me rest? Amen. <laughs> I don't know how to explain how I did that. I just put myself in the scripture, I guess. <laughs> it's not that. It's not too, too difficult. It takes a bit of turning a few words around, because otherwise you get your use these, he's, and they's all up, upside down. But when you're praying these words over you, well, we've got a little uh, niece and uh, she's got a beautiful name, Anna, and she, she says, when she was a little bit younger, she always talked about herself in the third person. She grew up with about eight adults all loving around her, um, and so she, everybody would ask her, Anna, do you want this? Anna, do you want this? And then she, we visited them some years ago, and she said, Anna wants to go to the park. My children all looked at me, and they're like, what is this? <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah. Guys, you had to quickly grow out of that. Or would it work quite so well, would it? Ben wants to go to church. <laughs> we don't do that, do we? So we don't need to put ourselves in the third person, but we can make this prayer our own. Lord, you know our church by name. You know each one, and you know that they have found favor in your sight. God, would you let your presence go with each one of them? And would you give them rest? I know there's so many different ways we can pray. I know all of that. But sometimes 
when we don't need to focus on new prayers and new ways and new things, what we can do is use the living word of God. We can make and activate it because you know it's living and active in our lives. And so we can partner with the very prayers of God. We can partner with the words of Jesus and we can speak Jesus over our situations. We can speak freedom over situations. We can speak the truth and the love of the Lord Jesus into situations. I love to, Hannah got our teachers and those working in schools to stand wherever your workplace is. I really want to encourage you to take the living word to those places. Someone said to me a few weeks ago on our ladies' breakfast, they said, Anna, well, how would I do that? How do you say you've got the mind of Christ? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good question. How would I say that? How do we stay sharp to the things of the Lord and also to make sense in a world that hasn't got fully open eyes to the spiritual senses of the Lord? And you know, there's one way of doing that, and that's to make ourselves a living letter. So we're found by God. We're not lost. That's what I was going to read you from Christine Kane's book. Uh, I'll, I'll rephrase it to you. She tells a story of how she, uh, she travels. She's not a missionary per se, but she has an incredible mission uh, base. And she rescues women and men from trafficking. Um, and I love listening to her podcast. She's a real woman of faith, and she's inspirational too. So she was... In her book, she talks about how whenever she was overseas, she'd post a letter back to her mom. And um, one time her mom didn't get it. And she said the first question she asked was not, Mom, are you lost? It was, my letters got lost. I wonder where it is. So often we don't know who we're being sent to. And so we don't know that we're actually on our way to being found. Friends, I'm not saying that you're lost, but I'm saying that there are lost people around us who God has given us a message of hope, the message of Jesus to speak into situations, to see other people's lives transformed. It might look like listening. It will look like loving. It will look like time spent. It might look like finances. It might look like so many things, but it's so, so simple in the beginning to stop for the one. In 2 Corinthians 3.3, it talks about us being ministers of a new covenant and not needing a letter of recommendation. Our lives do that enough how we present ourselves, how others experience us, how others come away from our presence feeling. That's recommendation enough. Here in verse 4. I've written it's verse 3. And you show us that you're a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablet, tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. So we get the opportunity to be a letter sent from the presence of God into another person's life. We 
which one person has sprung to your mind that you could encourage this week, that you could pray for this week, that you could use scripture to pray over their life. Maybe it's somebody in here that the Lord is highlighting to you. But I said to Ryan something really incredible. I said, I don't even think we need to think of five people. I've been in meetings and people say, think of five people you're going to pray for for every day and you're going to see them saved. I've, I've done that and I'm still doing that because there's two left. You've not been saved out of my original five, <laughs> the original five. But I just sensed that God was asking you to think of one. Why? Because God came for you. One. Jesus knelt down for one, and he's sending us as a living letter, sent on behalf of a living God, so that they can open the presence of God. You know, in the song where we, um, I speak Jesus, Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name. Who's still got unsaved family members? Oh, thank you, Jesus. That is a prayer. There is a moment that God is opening you as a living letter sent on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal the good purpose of God for their life. If God has good pleasure over you, he's sending you. It's not an if. Because God has good pleasure, good thoughts about you. He's sending you into the corner of somebody's life, somebody you love, somebody you know, somebody you cherish, so that they too can have their eyes opened to the love and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Romans 2.4 talks about the kindness of God. It talks about the steadfast, sure love of the Lord, his compassion, his richness, his joy overflowing for you. And that word repentance, I think we've made it, it is a serious thing, but we've made it unattainable almost because we're trying to do it in our own strength and we can't. But actually to repent means to turn away. And it's because of the cross that we can say, Lord Jesus, because of your death on the cross, your shed blood, your resurrection power, you have forgiven us from every single sin. Everyone that we know and the ones that we didn't even know we were doing. At the beginning of the year, which is only a few weeks ago, Ryan and I decided that we would tell you not just the joy moments of our life, we'd also tell you the difficult moments. And that started because someone had come to us and they'd said, oh, the thing is, no one else in church goes through hard things. And that really stood out to me. And I could tell you, well, loads of things. But I really wanted to tell you this one. And I want you to know that we continue to, to bring the difficult things in our lives before the Lord. And we do that. And we tell story of his goodness. We tell testimony of his faithfulness. We wait for miracles. And I know there's uh, several of you watching online who are in the midst of your miracle. And we stand with you through these times and we pray for you, knowing that God will do what he has promised. 
all that to say, um, I was having a, a dream. Uh, Yvette, the dreams have started. People start coming and saying, Anna, do you dream? And I said, well, it's been a few months and they've gone off a bit. I said, come and bring me your dreams. Let me stir up the gift again. And so um, I, I was dreaming and I had a dream that I was um, in a moment... It, I'll, I'll tell you the dream. So I was on a Zoom call. <laughs> Am I having too much Zoom to be dreaming about Zoom? I don't know. So I was on a Zoom call and I was praying for somebody who had asked for deliverance. I'm sure that in all of the ways of how you're meant to minister deliverance, this probably isn't like protocol. But anyway, this was happening. And the person who I was praying for, the demon wasn't leaving them. And so in this dream, I began to get frustrated and I began to get angry and I shouted at the the devil that was manifesting in this person and they mocked me back and in the dream they were mocking me and they were using a silly voice and they were like sliming all about and then even in the dream but it stuck with me when I woke I heard the voice of the Lord and he said you can't use anger to overcome and I woke up I was quite startled I was like Wow, that was a lot to unpack, my dream friends. Go, go, go. <laughs> I've unpacked a lot. What was happening for me was I was in a place of ministry. I was ministering the freedom of Jesus. And I was also using my own humanity and the limitations of my personality and character. And that was a choice. So then I began to review. This I'm awake now and I'm thoughtful. And I said... To, to God, I said, God, what place in me have I let anger control other people? Ooh, and then he started to show me. Let's not shy away from the hard questions about ourselves. Those of you who are thinking, oh, she can't get angry. Oh, I don't like, like getting out of the house at quarter past eight every morning. It's hard for me. I sometimes think my neighbor's going to be like, are we okay, family? <laughs> I can joke about it, but that's not a holy way to start the day for my children. Or the thought, is my neighbor checking on me? Does she think I'm like losing it? Or the person at the bus stop who caught me one of the mornings, he got a new bus stop outside my house, and I was like, <gasps> they heard? We can laugh, but I went there with the Lord. Because I don't want my anger over a situation. And you can say, oh, but Anna, it was just a joke. Like, you, you need to get out of the house sometime. I can, I'm really good at talking my way out of situations. <laughs> so I could easily have done that. But I just, I took that dream and I took that to the Lord and to my family. And I said, I'm sorry for this. And I want God to work on these areas of my life. Is that going to mean my children feel like they've got a more rooted and grounded family? Well, yes rooted in the love of God? Is it going to mean that I'm going to get along better with my husband because he's not going to get some of my episodes? Yes. Is it going to mean that I'm not afraid of what I could say or how I might come out? Don't get me wrong, it's not like I was losing it every day, but there's elements of our characters, character where we think, you can see the nice, happy, beautiful me, but the other side, no. We have to bring our whole self before him and you know friends there are those of you in church who are doing that you are bringing your whole self before the Lord and we take great joy in seeing the way that you've laid yourself down at the foot of the cross and you've said to Jesus here I am 
wholly available. Take me and make me your servant. And we've seen lives change over and over, recently and over time. And I love the way that the Lord Jesus can speak to us. And you know, I could have taken that dream encounter and I could have left it as a dream encounter on how I deliver people. Is that a phrase? We can do that. Yeah, how I, how I experience deliverance. And that could have been nicely boxed up and that would have been that. But instead, I let the kindness of the Lord lead me to repentance. And I let him deal with issues in my life. So that you too can. That you can allow the things in your life, the things in your nature, the things, oh, but I've always been that way. Everyone knows mom get hassled when they're leaving the house. But yet, there's a deeper call to the presence of Jesus. There's a deeper call where we can become free, where we can speak what we've seen in the presence of God, where we can be a living letter sent from the presence of God, and so that we can be filled with the presence of Jesus. I'm coming towards the ministry time, and there were three words that I felt that God Wants, wants to minister to your life. The first is about focus. The places where you've been focused and that you want God to refocus you. I almost see it like a lens, or <laughs> right now, you, you're all out of focus and I can't see. Oh, so sad, I can't see a single one of you. But with glasses on, you're all perfectly crisp, wonderful, and looking grand, in focus. And I saw that the Lord was coming, and he was making adjustments in your life so that you could focus on him in a new way. Just like in John 8, when Jesus bent down, and all of her life came back into focus. I'm sorry, I know I just started, but there was one final point I had to read. I'll jump back to my ministry call, but I just need to read this about the, what Jesus speaks and how the truth will set you free. Otherwise, my final point won't make sense. So in John 8, 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, remember I've talked to you about being devoted to the word of God, you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then at verse 34, it says, the question was, how do you become free? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son, the Lord Jesus, sets you free, you are free indeed. And then verse 37, I know that you are an offspring of Adam, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. And Jesus speaks, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. When we talk about refocusing our life, it's speaking of what we've seen with our father. 
It's speaking about being transformed by the presence of God. And not just a theory, but actually happening within our lives. And then, so there's one call is for the refocusing of what God is going to refocus your life upon. And then the second, I talked about being found in Jesus. What lost parts have you got? Have you lost hope? Have you felt like you've lost time? Or have you felt like you've lost dreams? I believe that today, God is coming with his hand of hope to find you right where you are so that you can be one who is sent as a living letter into another's life. And finally, I'm going to invite those of you who want to be filled afresh with the presence of Jesus. Maybe you felt empty or dry for a long time. Maybe you just feel empty the past couple of days. But what I saw was a vessel being filled with the presence. Your life as a vessel being filled again with the love and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that your presence is in this place and your presence is in our lives. And Lord, I'm asking that you would do what you've promised, that you would fill every empty space, every empty place in people's heart, lives, and minds. Lord Jesus, I'm asking that you would focus them on your presence and that they would be a people found by you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.